to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, did you bring a Bible? Yes. All right, go to Romans chapter 5 this morning. All right, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you are born again? Yes. How many of you have received the free gift of righteousness? Then notice what it tells us we should be doing in the kingdom. We should be reigning in this life through Jesus Christ. In other words, we were put back in the position or restored to what Adam originally got in the garden when God told him and created him and said, let him have dominion over the earth. When Jesus suffered and died and basically took away our sins, it made us a vessel once again for the Spirit of God to come live on the inside of us. And once it came to live on the inside of us, once again, we now have authority and power to rule and reign on this earth. Say, I have, I have. Dominion. dominion. Say, I have, I have. Power. power. Now, if you study the Bible, you're going to find out that there's a big difference between Christianity and kingdom living. Christianity basically has taught us that we are to believe God to get things that we need from God in order that we can rule and reign. But the kingdom tells us we've already got from him what we need to rule and reign. And there's a big difference between the two. I mean, we sang songs this morning. We didn't say, we are trying to get free. We are trying to get free. So we have the victory. No, we say, and we are free. We are free. And we have the victory. How many know that's a different way of doing things? So basically, the things that already came. And when you study the Bible, you know, you look at the Bible. And for years, I thought the disciples followed Jesus because they loved him. Do you think they followed him because they loved him? They didn't. I found out basically that they followed him because that authority and power that was birthed into every man, that's what they desired. That's what they wanted. They wanted authority and power. And when Jesus showed it to them, all at once they left their job immediately and followed him. Not because they loved him, but because he showed them an authority and power that was born into them that's part of us that we need to live our daily lives. There is a coming to the church a revelation of the authority and power individually that each one of us have. She had the revelation and they did the other night when their little girl ran into the wall. At first it was call the doctor, call the hospital, call 911, get the fire truck here. But all at once the Spirit of God said, why don't you just lay hands on her and use your authority and power. And they just simply obeyed, don't even know what she prayed, didn't even care what she prayed, probably, probably prayed something stupid, it didn't matter. You understand? Because she had authority and power over that situation, and she simply exercised it. Now, here in church, we have people come up every now and then. We lay hands on people. The power of God's here. They fall down. They laugh. And all that's good. But if that is not taken out, oh, we had a great time at church. Everybody was touched, and pastor touched me, and I was on the floor, and I was laughing, and I was giggling. I had goose bump and elephant bumps and everything else. Praise God. I had everything that I wanted. But notice, that's what's going to be taken out by the church shortly. And people are going to be attracted to power and authority because it was birthed in them. And they don't have it. Everybody wants to have power. Everybody wants to have authority. That's why everybody wants to have money. Because we think money is going to give us power and authority. And it does to some point until you need something beyond what your money can buy. And then it don't work for you anymore. 
So basically, that's what people do. They get the power. Look at Jesus. Jesus walks up to his fishermen, and they fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, uh, what you doing? He said, we were fishing all night long. What do you do for a living? We fish. We are fisher, expert fishermen. He said, well, take that boat back out and throw the net on the other side. And they thought, what an idiot. Come on. I'm paraphrasing. What an idiot. Doesn't he know it's daylight? Doesn't he know the fish can see my net now? Doesn't he know it's too shallow to go out there? Don't he know we already washed our nets? What's he talking about for us to go through our nets? All right. Well, listen to the preacher, like most people. If we give the preacher a chance, so what did they do? Gave him a chance. They went out and threw it down. Now watch this. Throw the net on the other side, and there were so many fish. Listen, they must have been fighting to get in the net. There was a battle of every fish out there to get in that net because the net got so full it got overfull they could barely pull it up in the boat to get it in the boat. And then you go back and read Genesis chapter 1. It says, Behold, I give you power and authority and dominion over the earth and all the fish of the sea. So what was Jesus doing there? He was demonstrating to them the exercise of the dominion power that they would have. And it says after that, they all left their nets and they followed him. Why is that? They saw the authority and power demonstrated. And once it was demonstrated, that's what draws people. See, our message has got to contain power and authority in our... And, and this starts in our own lives. This don't start anywhere else but right here. How many know there's, there's times when you come under attack? There's times when things aren't going real good in your life. The Bible says we don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we feel. We live by the word until an attack comes. See, are you a believer? Yes, until an attack comes. Then we become an unbeliever. See, and it doesn't work that way. I had an example this week. Uh, basically, Becky was going up to be with her sister in Orlando on Wednesday, and I got up, and I felt like I was hit by four trucks. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I went to bed happy. Everything was good. Got up. My nose was running. Uh, my throat was scratchy. Uh, feel like something was coming on me or whatever. But I came Wednesday night, and James talked again about his leg that he hurt. Amen. And he said, when I hurt my leg that day and I was dragging it, God said, just praise me. He said, thank God. Thank God my leg's healed. It's so good to be healed. My leg's healed, and his leg slowly got better. So I basically said, well, you know, if it works for James, it works for me. Because you know God loves me more than James. So, so what did I do? I just said, praise God, I'm healed. Thank you for healing me 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Thank you for healing me for 2,000 years. And I had an advantage in... in I don't disrespect this, but it was good that she wasn't there because Tommy you know she would have noticed and kept asking me, are you okay? Are you feeling good? Is everything fine? How are you doing, honey? Honey, oh, honey, oh, honey, oh, honey. And I didn't really need that there. Do you see what I mean? I need to say, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, praise God. So I'm healed, and I'm healed, and I'm healed, and I'm healed. And the next morning, I felt a little bit better, and the next afternoon, I felt a little better. And yesterday, they were playing basketball at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I got dressed. She said, you going to play basketball? I said, yeah, praise God, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, praise God. I went and played basketball, got done, got back home, and the symptoms are completely gone. See, we quit when the attack comes because we think it's going to go instantly. See, I resisted it, but it's still there. Well, that doesn't mean the word changed. That doesn't mean God was a liar. So what am I going to do? I'm going to stand there. I'm healed. Thank you for healing me 2,000 years ago. I don't know. Thank you for healing me 2,000 years Thank you for healing me 2,000 years ago. Thank you for healing me. What am I doing? I'm going to stay on the word of God and hold on to what God has provided for me basically, because that's what faith and kingdom operation is. Now, Christianity is, oh, I'm sick as a dog. God, please heal me. Please come and heal. Well, mm -mm. 
You've already stepped down, do you see? You're already stepped out. Now you're trying to get free rather than you are free. But when you got born in the kingdom of God, all the freedom came with it. Came with it. I don't have to believe God to be a man this morning. I am. You understand? I don't have to believe God to be healed this morning. You know why? I am. I don't have to believe God to be anointed this morning. You know why? Because I am. Praise God. That's who I am. Am I blessed this morning? You bet I am. What does your bank account say? I don't care what my bank account says. The Bible says I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and I'm blessed, praise God, beyond that. So it doesn't really make any difference. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Cut it out now. You're working me all up this morning. Sure. No problem. No problem. All right, First Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse 12. It tells us to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, we know God is a God of integrity. We know he's a God of integrity because his word is good. Whatever God said he will do, he will do. Whatever God said he did, he did. There's no argument there because he's God. Man's word you can't trust. God's word you can trust. Praise God. So here it tells you, number one, to fight the good fight of faith. Hold on to. Say, hold on to. Now, notice it don't tell you to try to get eternal life, acquire eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? Does eternal life mean you're going to live forever? No. Eternal life is what came on the inside of you. It's God's nature and all that God has, it came on the inside of you when you got born again. So eternal life covers healing, it covers deliverance, it covers freedom, it covers finances, it covers mind problems, it covers all those things. So here he tells you to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on to. So what am I supposed to do? I'm not supposed to try to get these things. I'm supposed to hold on to those things. Now the opposite of holding on would be letting go. See? And we've been taught to be persuaded by what's around us, let go, and then try to lay hold. But we're supposed to lay hold because we have the hold on what we're laying hold of, and we want to hang on to what belongs to us. Are you following me? Yeah. So everything in the kingdom of God got it. Now, now, Christianity, once again, is always trying to get this from God, from that God. And God will honor that stuff, and he can, as long as you're a baby Christian who has not grown to the place to understand and grown to a place to where you understand what he's already done for you. I mean, we, we had... Resurrection Sunday, and it's more than just him going to the cross and dying. 
It's that he paid for more than just my salvation. He paid for my healing. He paid for my deliverance. He paid for my peace, paid for my boy. Some of us can't even lay hold on our peace for 10 minutes. See, why? Because you gave it up. He didn't take it from you. You had to give the darn thing up. So I'm going to lay hold on these things. How am I going to do it? By the word of God in which I got. So I know the Bible says I'm healed. I know that's what it tells me. So when a symptom hits my body, when I don't feel good, I'm going to continue to lay hold on the word of God. I'm not going to let it go. And then have 14 people pray for me to try to get it back. Are you following me? And is it easy? No. Of course it's not easy. It's not easy when you feel like complete truck ran over you and you're saying you're healed. But notice it's more than a confession. It's getting that word down in your heart. See, Peter, Peter made a confession. I will never deny you. That was a word of mouth, but he must not have had it in his heart because he did it three times right after that. So he was bold when it came to the confession. But once this word gets in your heart and you prove, like he proved it now. See, the next time it comes around, he's got one. He can go back and check out and say, ooh, I got a testimony right there. Praise God, it worked right there. And let's see, it worked right here and it worked right here. And when you start even laying hands on people and, and getting them free of things, you'll start to get testimonies. Write those things down. When someone gets healed, write it down. I prayed for this person. They got healed right here. They got healed right here. Sometimes you've got to go back to that and remember what happened when you did that in your life, praise God. So we need to lay hold on it. When, when you lay hold on the fact that basically he's covered and taken care of all your sins, then you'll get out of this guilt and condemnation. But you don't know what I did yesterday. Did you confess you were sorry? Yes, but you don't know what I did. Well, who cares what you did? As long as you confessed your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But I just feel guilty. Well, I don't care how you feel. The word says you were set free. So let's believe God. See? You sing a song. What was it? His report says I am healed. His report says I am his report says victory, and what was it? It was a song called, Whose Report Do You Believe? And this is something not just for church on morning, not for church on Wednesday night. This is a daily life thing, see? The chances of your kid running into a chair here are possible, but more possible at home. And that's where this stuff has got to work. So you've got to know that the Word of God works in your life, basically. Now, as soon as I find out what God has promised me and what God has given me, then I can reject those things that are against the promises that he gave me. Are you following me? If you don't know what he gave you, then you aren't going to fight for anything because you don't know even what belongs to you. If you think sickness is part of you and God's just got to come along and heal you every time you get it and then receive it, then you're going to be in trouble basically because you don't know what he's already promised you in the word of God. That's why we need the word of God. You've got to study it. You've got to find out what belongs to you, what he bought and paid for you, what's part of yours, and then you can hold on to those things on a daily basis, and that's the way we fight the of faith and let me just say this and we got a lot of spiritual warfare going on we got spiritual warfare going here spiritual warfare and and I'm not against any of that stuff but the greatest spiritual battle you'll ever fight in your own little life hanging on to the word when something attacks you that's spiritual warfare you're trying to hang on to the thing of the spirit to remove out of you it's not just running around and screaming and hollering and dancing and and scaring the devil off all the time I mean some of that's all right some of that in tongues and all that's good but I'm saying I, I fight a spiritual warfare every day every time a thought comes against me that's not lined up with the Word of God I've got two choices I can either grab it or I can repel the thing. I can either lay hold on the Word of God or I can get that Word of God out of there, praise God. When fear tries to come in your life, it's up to you. 
See, and here's what we do. We go along our whole life, and we live our whole life, and, and we never fight a battle, and we just receive everything that comes. We have a good day, and we're up. We're a roller coaster Christian. Next day, we have a bad day, and we go down. And the next day, we go back up. We're a roller coaster Christian. And that's a terrible life because that gets old after a while. That'll wear you out. Praise God. Up and down, and up and down. How you today, brother? Blessed. How you today? And people can tell. All they can do is look at your face. Before you sayeth a word, they'll say, down on the roller coaster today, praise God. Up on the roller coaster tomorrow. See, but we've got to become stable. We want to be stable the whole way. We want to go stable all the way through, basically. And the only way we're going to do that is stay on the word of God. So you can't blame God for the decisions that you make. See, right now you are a product of the decisions that you made up to this time. See? Can we go further? If you're well overweight, chances are you're a product of your decision to lay on the couch and eat bonbons your whole life. Are you following me? I mean, oh God, help me lose weight. Get off the couch, put the bonbons down. See, it's a decision that we make. You decide to drink a lot of alcohol and smoke a lot of cigarettes, I can tell you what your future is going to be. I mean, the natural people can tell you what your future is going to be. But then you can't blame God for that situation when you made the bad decisions. See, so the life is a whole bunch of decisions, and we're making decisions every day, aren't we? And the only thing you've got to understand, with every decision you made, there's a result or a consequence. See? The young couples nowadays want to sleep together, go together, do all this stuff. Well, that's great at the time because they're making a decision, but there's going to be a result to that decision in nine months. You see, they don't think about that. Woohoo, we're having fun now. Oh, no. Oh, no, we got a kid on the way. How did that happen? God, what were you doing? See, it's not God, it's our own decisions. So I want to make decisions based on the Word of God, basically, because I know the Word of God produces fruit. And here's the thing, the word produces fruit and a lie produces fruit. Both are seeds. So the lies I got in my life, I want to get out of there. I want to take the truth and I want to beat those things out of my life so they no longer produce bondage in my life. The word of God basically will set you free from everything in your life if you grab it and hold on to it and you walk in it every single day. And the Bible says the devil comes to, comes to what? Comes to what? What's the first one? Steal. Okay, how can he steal something from you that don't belong to you? How can he steal your health if it wasn't your health to begin with? See, it was already ours, wasn't it? So he comes to steal it, so he tries to steal it. And now how's he going to steal it? He's going to steal the promise out of that situation. He's going to steal the word out of that situation and get you to agree with him. People say, we're two or three agree. Yeah, well. There's positive and negative to everything. How many of you know that? And really, when two or three agree, you don't have to agree with another person. You can just agree with the word. That's two. Or you can agree with a lie. That's two. And both of them will produce fruit in your life. Well, we're kingdom people. We don't want to produce the bad fruit. We want to produce the good fruit, praise God. We want to go out and walk in victory. We want to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the only reason why he attacks you because he's afraid you're going to live in the power and the authority. He knows it's available to you. He knows it's in your heart to get it. He knows you're pursuing it. He knows you're going after it. And basically by going after it, basically he's got to stop it somehow. So what happens? Every situation that comes in your life, and many of them are not the devil. They're just life. I mean, want to never have another problem as long as you live. Die. 
because you're not going to get that here. So you're going to run into circumstances. You're going to run into problems. You're going to run into people. Yeah, let that sink in for a while. Yeah, you're going to run into people every single day, and all them people may say something stupid. They may do something stupid, and the devil will put those thoughts towards your mind to get you out of the Word of God and get you to let go of eternal life that's already been given to you. So we don't only want to be raised in heavenly places. We want to stay in heavenly places. We want to be raised and seated and stay there. Don't let anybody pull you down out of your heavenly place that Jesus put you in at one time. So the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right, go to Psalm 107. And I had to learn this once I got in the ministry with finances. How's the ministry doing? Great. How's your finances? We are blessed. Everything going good? Excellent. Couldn't hardly be any better. Things are going so good. And all the time, nobody else knew what was going on. I'll tell you the best way to stay broke. Get behind the pulpit and complain about your finances. Oh, people, oh, people, we started such a God ministry here, and we're just a little short, $25,000 right now. And we'd like to have some pledges this morning. Can you pledge a 1000 I feel the Lord saying there's a pledge in it there. Who's got it? What are they doing? Now they're trying to manipulate. You don't have to manipulate. You just got to believe God. How many know believe in God works? And this is what we're supposed to do. If he puts you in the ministry and he's, he's responsible for your needs, then you don't really need him from anybody else. You don't have to care. You have to go through the envelopes to see who the biggest giver is so you give him a pot on your board. The only person I know who gives is me. And I know exactly what I give, praise God. Other than that, I couldn't care less. And I couldn't care less whether you did give or didn't give. Because once again, that's your decision. But if you don't tie, then you show up and been gone here a year and you're broke. My first question, it's going to be on the kingdom of God. Do you tithe? No. Well, start. That wasn't what I wanted. I didn't come to you for that. Well, I can't help it. I'm helping you. This is what I'm doing. Obey God and things work out. You don't obey God, things don't work out. Praise God. All right, Psalm 107. All right, look at verse 20. The Bible says that he sent his word and, and delivered them from there. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with what? Now, this is a mouthful here. First of all, he sends his word. Whenever you got a problem and you go to God, I'll tell you what he's going to do. Send his word. Oh, God, you've got to do this. No, you've got to believe this. I get it all the time. Do a miracle. Believe me. Oh, I'd rather have you do a miracle. It's quicker, easier. No, you've got to believe him. Then you can't go back and forth. You cannot put your problems in your mouth and walk in victory. It's a sure sign of defeat. You're agreeing with the wrong, wrong area. You're allowing the devil into your life. You're allowing sickness into your life. Even whoever you agree with is the key to it. Now, notice, he sent his word, and he's not going to heal you, but he... And he's not going to deliver you. He, People are waiting on deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. You already are delivered. The problem is you're so focused on what you're not delivered from and talking about it all the time that you're making it stronger in your life, and people can't even get you delivered anymore. 
I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. But God's working on me. I'm an alcoholic. God's working on me. God, no, God ain't working on you. You're not an alcoholic if you're born again. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Praise God. And I'm no longer an alcoholic. I've been delivered from alcoholism. So I'm not going to talk about that anymore. The only time I talk about it is an example to everybody else that you don't have to stay an alcoholic your whole life. You can just get set free right like that and go right on. Praise God. And that's all there is to it. That's what deliverance is. He delivered us. Praise God. Delivered from anger. It don't matter how mommy and daddy treated each other. I know it was a shouting match. I know who yelled the loudest got the victory usually, praise God. But that's not the way we have to operate anymore. The Bible says a soft answer. So when somebody's screaming at you, how many of you know it's very hard to say a soft answer? Yeah. It's tough, ain't it? I love you. What would you say? You can do better than that. I love you. You know what that would do? It would diffuse the whole situation right there, and that would be the end of it. Or we can scream back and forth, and then we do our best, the silent treatment. Yeah, that's it. Women, I ain't going to talk to him for a week. He's saying, thank God. Can you make it two weeks? So you're just penalizing yourself, basically, because you want to talk. Come on, now, that's not where we handle things. We're not like the world. We're kingdom people. We live free. So he sent his word and healed. Now, notice what it says in verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his with rejoicing. What does that mean? I got to sacrifice thanksgiving. That means when my body felt like terrible on Thursday morning, I had to say, thank you, God. I don't feel like thanking you, but thank you, God, that I'm healed. Praise God, I'm healed. Glory to God, I'm healed. And everybody expects it to just go whoosh, and that's the end of it. But a lot of times it don't go whoosh. It's still there, but I'm not going to change my confession. I'm not going to be talked out of what I'm laying hold to. I'm not going to put my hand up and allow him to come in and take what's from me. I'm going to stay right there on the word of God the whole time. So I'm blessed, praise God. I'm anointed, praise God. I'm filled with the spirit of God, praise God, this morning. In every area of my life, glory to God. People go, that's pride. Hey, don't blame me. I didn't do nothing. It had nothing to do with me. He did it. He chose to do it, and he did it. It wasn't my fault Jesus went to the cross for me or anything else. You don't deserve it. Would you like to have what you deserve? I want. So I'm going to take what I don't deserve, praise God. Hallelujah. So the devil wants to take advantage of each and every one of us. Go to 1 John chapter 3. We had James preach last Wednesday night, and he will be here again this Wednesday night. And you better come, because maybe you'll need his word in the middle of the week. You never know, praise God. Amen. All right, First John chapter 3. Look at verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now here, once again, it's talking about the ability that you have, the authority and the power that you have is based on your obedience to the word of God. And not only not sinning, 
but also believing what God has said rather than what you might have been taught. When you grew up in a church, I grew up in a church that taught me that I was a sinner. Well, I believed I was a sinner. I prayed that I was a sinner, and I lived exactly like a sinner. See, whatever you believe, you're going to be. You choose what you're going to be. The Bible says we can partake of the promises of God and take part of the divine nature through the precious promises that God has already did. Well, God has promised you healing, then I'm healed. God has promised you victory, then I'm victorious. God has promised you. But what you're believing, if you believe you're a wreck, you live like a wreck. If you believe you're sickly, you'll live sickly. If you believe you're powerful, you live powerful. If you believe you have authority, you'll live in authority. If you believe they're the most peaceful, calm man in the world, then you'll be the most peaceful, calm man in the world. But how many know the only thing you've got to convince of that is you? You don't have to convince God of it because he already made you that. So I'm fighting to, to get me to believe him, basically, in my life. So you find scriptures in the Bible and you say them. I never get angry anymore. That's one I used years ago. I don't get angry anymore. How can you stand there and not get angry? Well, because I don't get angry anymore. Why don't you get angry anymore? Because I'm not an angry person anymore. God I don't do that I'm not a shouter I'm not a screamer I'm not anything I'm calm praise God I'm stable I'm the most patient man in the world you guys hear me say that all the time because I am I'm the most patient man in the world praise God and when something comes up and it starts triggering me you know what comes up in my spirit you're the most patient man in the world see but it's not in here it's in here it's already in here Praise God, it's right there. So basically, we want, to, we want to partake, and we don't want to get out of alignment with what he says. See, as soon as you start getting a symptom, receiving a symptom, talking about the symptom, telling everybody about the symptom, you're not going to get a miracle from God, or you're not going to get anything else, because you've unhooked. Are you following me? Same way with financial. You can't tell everybody, oh, it ain't, don't look, look good this time. I ain't got no money now. I think we're going to go broke. We're probably going to lose our house. We're probably going to, I mean, you're just prophesying. And you're prophesying in the wrong direction. If God said he'll meet your needs, then either he's going to meet your needs or he's a liar. And that's, that's what we're getting down to. People call it unbelief. It's no, telling God he's a liar. Well, I don't know if God will heal me or not. Well, did he say? And that's what I get all the time. What are you doing about your situation? I'm believing God. What are you believing? I don't know, but I'm believing God. For what? I'm believing God. For what? I'm just believing God. Well, no, you're not. What do you believe in God for? You don't even have a promise. You don't even know what he said. How can you believe somebody who don't even know what they said, for goodness sakes? That's why we've got the promises here. That's why we preach the promises here. That's why we drill them into you in song here, praise God. I mean, if you leave here bound today, we played enough songs to get you free 42,000 times, praise God. And we said, we are free, we are free. We have the victory a million times. So, my God, you must be really want to hold on to that thing right now. See, and we do that on purpose. I do that on purpose. Because I just beat you with something, beat you with something, beat you with why. I'm trying to drill it in there, praise God. And you hear it in song. Song does something. It bypasses here and goes down into here. You find yourself leaving today. We are free. We are free. Where did that come from? And we have the victory. And the waitress walks up, take your order, and you're going, we are free. We are free. Why is that? Because the song got by your intellect and down into your spirit. And now it's on the inside of you right now. And that's in there. And it just comes up without you thinking about it. You're singing a song. It, listen to the first song in the morning sometime. Shut it off and you'll be singing it by noon. That's why you must be careful. For the first song, you know. It can be, we are free. Or it can be, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Whatever comes out, because it goes down, praise God, into your spirit, man. Glory to God. All right, one more. Go to James chapter 2. 
Hallelujah. There's going to be power outbreaks in your life and authority if you start moving on the Word of God. Praise God. I'm telling you, you're going to see it happen once it starts happening. It's going to become like an everyday thing to you then. It's going to be something that you do automatically. You don't have to think about should I or shouldn't I. You'll just do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And when you do it, it'll worketh. Praise God. And once it starts to worketh, like I say, it'll become a natural thing for you to do then. You'll just naturally do that rather than, rather than call the ambulance. You'll pray for your child. It's what we did when we grew up. We knew it. We just laid hands on our kids. We never thought about taking them to the doctor. We never thought about, basically, people say, well, what if they'd have died? Well, I never thought of that. And I'm glad you weren't there when I was trying to do this. I'm glad I didn't call you for help. Jesus. That's what I've heard from other parents. What if they die? I said, take them to the doctor. If you're at that point, you better take them to the doctor. You understand? If you better do it, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm telling you, you will know whether to or whether not. And if not, then you better do what needs to be done. People say, "Well, you, I got to take this drug." Well, take it if you need it. But someday you may come out of it to where you don't need that anymore, and you won't. But as long as you think you need it, you need it. Right. People say, "Well, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to dump medicine down the sink and show God." You'll just be buying more. Right. <laughs> At least pour it in a bowl or something where you can get it back after you screw it. <laughs> I mean, come on now. It's more than just a, something I'm just going to do this. No, it don't work that way. It's a heart thing. We're a kingdom people. The kingdom of God is now, it's in here, praise God. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. That's what man did. They lost their power. So Jesus came back. And if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. Before Jesus left in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses. Witnesses of what? Him and the power. And you're going to do it wherever you go. Whatever city you go into, you've got power that people don't know. That's what separates Christianity from kingdom. The word is power and authority. People live in Christianity their whole life and don't believe they've got anything from God and don't stand for anything from God and God's in control of everything and I'm sick because of God, I'm healed because I'm God, rich because I'm God. It's not that way, praise God. We have dominion here on the earth. He gave it to us. I wish he'd have said, let all of us, including him, have dominion. But he gave us dominion. Say, he gave me, he gave me. Dominion. dominion. So what do I do? I use prayer to allow him to get into my affairs. That's what prayer is. It's just allowing God to get involved in earthly affairs because he doesn't have the authority to do that down here. We've got the authority to do it. And you've only got it as long as you're in a physical body. People say, when I die, I'll make my decision. Good luck. Because once you die, you lose any decisions. Once you leave this physical body, you can't make any decisions down here anymore. You can only do it while you're in the body. People said, when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to be a powerhouse up there. For what? You're going to cast the angels out? Heal God? I mean, what are you going to do up there? But we were told we don't get nothing until we die and go to heaven. Can't wait for that day to come. No, praise God, now's our time. Today is your day of salvation. Now is your time to move out and set people free. Now is your time to bring them into the kingdom of God and tell them there's victory in the kingdom of God. It's just not a free ticket to heaven, praise God. It's more than that that we have. All right, John, or where am I? James, James chapter 2. Look at verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Here it says that faith without works is what? Yeah. Now, if I don't do, in other words, what I believe God to do, it won't get done. 
You know, in that story I told you earlier about them throwing the nets on the other side, Jesus told them to throw their nets on the other side. And if you read the version, it says they threw their net on the other side. Why is that? Because they half believe God. If you're going to half believe God, you're going to get half results. They only got one net full of fish. They could have got two. But they didn't obey what they said. So I want to obey God. Faith is an action word. Believing God is an action that you take. It's just not saying, I believe. I believe. And it don't matter how many books you got. I've been in pastors' places where they got a million books in, around and behind them, and apparently they never read any one of them. I don't know if that makes you look prestigious or what it does, but if you don't read them and act on what they tell you to do, it's not going to help you, do you see? If you never lay hands on a sick person, you'll never have to worry about anybody getting healed. If you never witnessed anybody about coming to the kingdom of God, you will not have to worry at all about somebody getting born again in your presence. These are things that we simply do. So when something comes against my life that's not good or the church, I resist it. I stay on the word and I resist what's coming. You said, oh, what's going on in the church? What's happening in here? What's going on in here? Praise God. We don't have strife in Jesus' name. We don't have strife in this church. We walk in the love of God. Praise God. We walk in peace. We walk in joy. What am I doing? I allow the Spirit of God into that situation rather than saying, oh, not them again. Oh, my God. I just keep getting worse and worse every week and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to get off into that because that's what takes everything down and allows the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. So here it says that faith without works is dead. And even in the time when the disciples were in the boat. Now, they've been with Jesus quite a while at this time. And they're in a the boat, and a storm comes up, and Jesus was taking a nap right in the middle of the storm. How's that for peace? And all at once, they get all panicky, and they wake him up and say, We are going to... How you know that's not a good confession? No, we're going to die. So they woke him up, and what happened? He stood up and said, Peace, be still, be calm. And you know what happened? It got calm. And then he looked at them and said, I'm so glad you woke me up because we all is going to die. Thank God you woke me up. And I was in a deep sleep too having a good dream, but you got me up just in time. No, he said, what the heck? I've been teaching you for two and a half years. Why didn't you stand up and do what I did? And look what they said. Oh, we love you. No, they didn't. They said, what manner of man is this? They still didn't figure it out. And the church stands around going, what manner of man is this? They read Mark. What manner of man is this? It's your manner of man. This is what we're supposed to be doing. He's the kingdom in sandals. The kingdom on two legs. He's a demonstration of what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like on the earth right now with the kingdom citizens who are here. Good for Jesus. He's not here now. You're here to do what he did here. And we're not doing it, are we? Are we? We're not doing it. Most churches don't even know about it much less doing it, but we can start doing it right now. You can start doing it today. Now, I'm not telling you to run up to everybody on the street, for God's sakes, and lay hands on them and try to knock them down the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you to use some common sense. People will come along to you that you run into. People will come across. You can't find a person without a problem. How are you doing today? Great. Never have any problems. You've never heard that before in your life. What can I help you with today? Nothing. We're just doing wonderful. No. You ask them what you can help them with, they'll tell you. And 45 minutes later, you'll have a chance to pray for them. <laughs> See, because not only do they have those problems, but they've been rehearsing those problems over and over again. And what are they looking for? They're looking for control in their circumstances and situations because that's what God birthed into them. They want to be able to control their circumstance and situations. And that's what the kingdom gave us back. It gave it back, first of all, authority, the dominion that we were losing, and it gave us 
power by the Holy Ghost who now lives on the inside of us. So we have the authority and we have the power. We just got to start using what we've got. And even if you don't believe it, it still works. I don't know why that is, but it still works sometimes if you just do it. In other words, I've laid hands on people when they come up here for prayer, and it's usually a man that the wife drug up, and he's coming up with his heels stuck in the ground like this, and it's almost like they're daring you to put your hand on him. Go ahead, preacher. Let's see what you got. And I'm thinking, I don't even want to lay hands on this guy. I'd rather just pass him up, let him stand there a while. God says, lay hands on him. I said, can I punch him? No, you can't do that. Can't punch him. You're not allowed to hit anybody. I said, all right. And you lay hands on him, and they blow back about six rows, and you're thinking, What? What? Because God knows what he's doing. Amen. See, he knows what's happening. What did it do? It proved to them that there was power there. And maybe that's what they needed at that time. So even when people sometimes are resisting, God is still merciful. So full of grace and so full of mercy. Aren't you glad because of your life? Yeah, he is. So praise God. Action is what we want to do. We want to start acting on whatever the word says. Praise God. We want to praise God all the time for his wonderful works. What if it's not a good day? Then I'm going to praise God for his wonderful works. I'm going to find something, glory to God, in my life to praise God for. There's always something there no matter how minute it is. Glory to God. It'll work in our lives. So we're going to start walking in authority. We're going to start walking in power. We're going to start being different than other people who are out there. The Bible calls sometimes that you can just be a mere man. I don't want to be a mere man. I want to be different than everybody else. I want people to know that I'm different. I want people to know that there's a kingdom and a better way of life. But everybody's out there searching for authority and power in their life. That's why they're stealing. That's why they're robbing. That's why they're selling their bodies. That's why they're doing everything to get the money, to get the power. And like I say, money's good, but not good enough because it's the Spirit of God and the authority that we have that gives us the power to what we do to set people free in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right.